Welcome back to another episode of Ambushed. <laughs> and this one is called Learning to Say Yes. Now, that's a good title. At least I think so. I need to tell you about this one just briefly. I sat down to record another episode and I was going to work, I was planning on recording a completely different one. And then in the moment, I thought, no, something tells me I need to do a different episode. So I put it down and I walked over and I, I grabbed out my notebook and kept going through all of my notes for all these other episodes that I've been slowly working on. And this one just stood out. This one is learning to say yes. And before we get any further, I need to tell you that there's a spoiler for a movie in this one. So if you've seen the movie Arrival, then you already know something of what's going to happen. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to this if you don't want to hear a spoiler. But if you don't care about the spoiler, this is going to be a heavy, but maybe a beautiful one, a beautiful episode. In the past maybe two weeks, I usually don't listen to my own episodes, but I went back and I've been really happy with some of them. So if you get a chance, maybe after you're listening to this one, go back and look through the titles of the previous ones and maybe listen to some of those as well, because I, this is one of the ways I tried to give something good back to the world, good back to you and try to put my training to good use. I was trained as a pastor, and so I speak from that vocabulary and from the stories of the Old and the New Testaments. And whether you're religious or not, honestly, it doesn't matter to me because I think that there's something profound in all of those stories that anyone, no matter where they are on their own personal path, can listen to them. So, let us get on with this episode. It's called Learning to Say Yes and to Start. Let's just talk about Friedrich Nietzsche. <laughs> so, Friedrich Nietzsche was a German philosopher and he is most well known probably for coining the term or the phrase, God is dead. Now, when he said that, he didn't really mean that God is dead, but actually that was in the larger context of something else where he was saying, listen, all of culture in the world already acts as though God is dead. So effectively, God is dead. Now, he was the son of a Lutheran pastor. So he, surprisingly, he, he used parables quite a bit. And one of his parables really stood out to me. And it's called the parable of eternal return. And it goes like this. Suppose you're walking down the street and then a demon appears in the middle of the street and comes over and talks to you and says, listen, I have the ability to let you relive your life over and over and over again. From the moment you were born until the moment you close your eyes at the end, boom, you get to start it all over and do it again and again and again and again. Now, depending on your response, <laughs> this parable has got a unique turn. 
because even though Friedrich Nietzsche did not believe in God himself, he said that this demon who could let you live your life over and over and over and over and over again infinitely, if you heard his offer and you thought, oh God, that sounds terrible, then you haven't learned how to embrace life. But if you were to hear that offer from this demon, and you actually were to understand it as, oh, that sounds like a gift. Now, for him, demon might have meant more like spirit or just something else. But yes or no, if you had the opportunity to live your life over and over and over again, would you see it as a curse or as a blessing? Because surprisingly, Friedrich Nietzsche said that is the gauge of whether or not you have stumbled into, stumbled upon, come to recognize the abundant and the everlasting life that Jesus talked about. Now, the fact that an atheist German philosopher would come up with some sort of answer such as that is just beyond me. But take it to yourself. If you could relive every single moment of your entire life all over again, would you see that as a curse or as a blessing? So here's the spoiler alert. If you don't want to uh, have this movie spoiled for you at the very end, then stop listening right now. But if you don't, it's okay. Arrival is a science fiction movie that came out maybe more than a year and a half ago. And it's just profound. I loved it. And in all honesty, I cried at the very end. But in the video, in the movie, it's a first contact movie. So aliens come and visit Earth for the first time. And in the course of all of this, the main character is a woman who keeps having flashbacks. And you, as you watch it, you see that she has a daughter who, in the flashbacks, she contracts a terrible disease and dies before the age of 15. And her husband leaves her in the midst of all of this fallout of the loss of the child. Tragic, all these flashbacks. But the alien race comes and gives them a language that's circular. And when you have a language, your language starts to change the way that you think and perceive the world. And since the letters and the words are circular, time starts to play with itself a little bit. And then you start to find out in the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, this kind of get me a little emotional thinking about it, that the flashbacks weren't flashbacks, they were flash forwards. And that she sees her own future, and that's what's been happening throughout the whole movie. It's already been playing with time the entire time. And so she finds out that she's headed for a divorce and she's eventually going to have a child that's going to die way too young. And in the very last minutes of the movie, the man that she's falling in love with says, let's get married and let's have a child. And at the very end of the entire movie, she has the flashbacks all in her mind that are really flash forwards from the future. And she still decides to say yes. 
She knows the pain that's coming. She knows the hurt that's coming. She knows the disappointment and the loss, and she still says yes to all of it. Oh, so when I was watching the movie, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche came to mind. <laughs> I'm not sure if that experience happens to anyone else. But it was the parable of the eternal return. Yes or no, if you had to live your life over again, would you see that as a blessing or as a curse? Would you be able to say a wholehearted yes to all of it? Now, in the midst of all of this, let's say one more quote. Let me reference one more thing and then we're going to build off of it. You've heard me mention a guy named uh, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin. I really enjoy a lot of his writings, but he was once uh, on an expedition because he was a, a paleontologist and archaeologist, and he, he actually was present for the digging up of the Peking Man in China. And during one of the expeditions across Asia, Teilhard was in a tent listening to like a skeptical argument against the existence of God. And so through the tent flaps, he was overhearing this conversation and they're all having these super deep discussions of what God is and how do we know if God exists. And he just became very sad. He was downcast and someone came up to him and asked him, it's like, well, Pierre, what, what is wrong? And with a sigh, he muttered, God is so simple. They're missing it and says, God is a simple choice just between a yes or no. It's impossible to get it wrong. And then he says, God also goes by the name yes. Every time you or I learn how to say yes to something, there might be something present of the divine in the midst of all of it. And in fact, this might be the struggle Learning to say yes to all of the things that happen in our lives rather than no and rejecting and not learning how to incorporate them. This is where this is going to get a little heavy. Because it is, it's not enough to simply say nothing rather than no. We have to, to learn how to embrace life with a, a large yes. Now stay with me. I understand you might be listening to this and going through an incredibly difficult time. Please keep listening. But you and I and everyone else we know, in the midst of everything that we're going through, through all the hurt and the pain and all of the disappointments, we have got to learn to say yes to love. Yes to community. Yes to vulnerability. Yes to being a servant. Yes to our own finitude. Say yes to other people. Say yes to God who is the completely other than us. Say yes to tomorrow. Say yes to our struggles. Yes to our wounds. Yes to our pains. Yes to our imperfect communities. Christ is the yes. And, and even more than that, Christ is the yes said to us and for us. And then Christ is the yes said through us and by us. Christ is present 
when we say no to the no and learn how to embrace all of life. Because Christ is the covenantal yes to life, to the life of the cosmos that is even now in the midst of our hurt and our pain and our disappointment and our loss and our struggles. Christ is the yes that the universe is still blossoming and unfolding before and within us. It's in this sense that God exists in the eternal now. Every instance in which we remember that life is a gift, existence is a grace offered to us, we are presented with the opportunity to say yes to the divine yes to us. And that's maybe getting a little closer to what it means to having the abundant life that at least in the New Testament Jesus talked about. A number of months ago, I was offered a training and I was sitting there and I was talking with a whole bunch of other pastors and wouldn't you know it, yet again, I made someone else uncomfortable by talking about these things. And so I'm sitting there at a table and I'm, I'm asking a question to this fellow that's, I mean, he was standing above me, but clearly he was the one that he thought he was in charge in the room. <laughs> and I started talking about all the ways that I think American faith perspectives are completely lacking. And he was very intrigued, but he was also kind of skeptical in his posture and, and his facial expressions of, every, of, of everything I was saying. But you could tell that as I kept going, he got really uncomfortable with it. Now, what, is, what are the things that he got uncomfortable with? It's this. I don't think faith communities often know how to teach people how to in integrate the negatives of life. We talk about love and grace and goodness and truth and... Um, did I say forgiveness already? I mean... All of the good things, we talk about them and we don't talk often enough about the negatives. About pain, about hurt, about loss, about betrayal, about unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and rage and fury and um, man, all of those things. And I, I said that we've got to learn how to teach people how to learn from these things and to not be slaves to these things, but instead let these things teach us that that's not the life that we want. And if, the, if our lives are full of those things, then we have to take those things as markers, as symptoms, or as uh, things grasping for our attention to tell us something's drastically got to change. So rather than avoiding talking about those things, we've got to learn how to incorporate um, depression and sadness and disappointment and ask, is it possible that God can come in the midst of all of those experiences and help us to say yes to them in a healthy way and let those things become our teachers and then let them become our benefit. Now, 
as soon as I started saying all these things, it was so funny because his posture started to get so uncomfortable. You could see it in his shoulders. He was kind of like writhing and maybe like trying to find a way out of the conversation. After a little bit, he was looking around the room saying like, oh, is there a way I could like go over to that corner of the room and talk over there? And I, I was so perplexed. And eventually I said, thank you for your time. Maybe we can talk about this at a later point. But as he left, five other female pastors came up to me and it was so fascinating, but they all kind of whispered to me in like a little huddle and said, we think everything that you just said is more of what we need to do. We've got to learn how to take hold of the abundant life and to recognize that the, the abundant life has got to incorporate learning how to say yes to the pain, loss, hurt, resentment, all the deaths that we unfortunately have to endure. I once heard a pastor talk about this. Our lives are often filled with pain, and sometimes pain feels unredeemable. But then we have to also take notice, be like, it's so fascinating, right? That the word pain is just like a hair off in pronunciation from the word pang. Are we going through in this moment, are you going through in this moment, a pain or a pang? Are you going through something that just feels like suffering in which case it will just continue and continue indefinitely? Or is it possible? And I understand this can be incredibly difficult, but is it possible that right now you are going through a pang that is going to give birth to something new and beautiful? Is this pang going to birth and bring forth a different version of you? that is more beautiful to behold, that is more lovely, more attractive, more, I don't know. And you know what? Maybe the difference of whether or not this thing that you're going through is an indefinite pain or a finite pang is whether or not you can, oh, and it's exhausting, trust me, I know, to put your best foot forward and take it and ask God to bless it and make it into something that's a pang. Now, at the beginning, I said that I was trained as a pastor. So I am steeped in the Jesus path. And I, using the stories from the Old and New Testament, it's just a part of my DNA. And there's something profound in the story of Jesus. So Jesus was an itinerant rabbi that traveled around preaching about the good news of the kingdom and started confronting the political and religious spheres of his day, and they crucified and killed him for it, and then came the Christian movement. All the Christ-like people that saw his example and said, we need to do what he did. He was our rabbi, and yes, the kingdom of God is capable here. And then they did even more than that. But one of the most fascinating things, is that the story of Jesus is also the roadmap for all of us. Jesus endured hurt and pain and betrayal 
and disappointment and abandonment. And it ultimately led him to being killed by it. But resurrection is on the other side of death. And in fact, resurrection only happens after death. The new life can only come about after the death of something else. So pain, suffering, loss, loneliness, all of these things are just little deaths that smash apart our expectation that resurrection can happen before death. Huh. So, I mean, I wrote these notes down for this episode like five months ago, and it's fascinating that now it's coming about. So what is the good news in the midst of all of this? What is the good news in the midst of trying to learn how to say yes to recognizing that the abundant life is when we can learn to look at the arc of our entire lives from start to finish, with all of its ups and downs, hills and valleys, pluses and negatives, glories and failures, can we learn how to say yes to all of that? And please, I mean it in no glib way. I understand life is incredibly difficult. But the good news might be that this this death that you're going through this current hell, this present uphill climb, it, it can be the thing that eventually, eventually makes you the most alive. And perhaps someday, instead of it being a current hell, you will become like the embodiment of heaven everywhere you go. If you can learn how to inter- uh, integrate the negatives of life. So please, don't give up. Wherever you are, on your path, take and learn from the story of Jesus. Take and learn from Nietzsche's parable of the eternal return. Learn something and go watch the movie Arrival. And learn how to say yes. Because somehow, in some mysterious and mystical way that I can't comprehend, the redeeming Christ is present in every healthy yes we say to life. So don't give up. You are loved and you are wonderful and this pain, try to see it as a pang that somehow, in some way, and maybe this takes some some amount of trust and faith in the divine, that this pang is going to birth a brand new life. Don't give up. The world needs the you that is being born in the midst of all of this. This was learning to say yes. If you feel the need, please share it with someone that you know who could really benefit from it. Much love to all of you. And may grace and peace guide you in every step of this journey. Amen and amen.